Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Andrew Boyd. God can do wonderful things when you give him your life. Even if it feels to you sometimes just like a bit of stale bread. It's not that to him. He'll take it. He'll break it. He'll bless it. He'll distribute it. He'll do wonderful things with your life. In a moment, we're going to play a video. I just want to point out to you that uh, the video has an unusual spelling of Jesus' name in it. I'm just telling you that so you're not put off. They've used Hebrew letters and put them in English, Y-S-U. It's about Jesus. Don't be put off by that. It's about the Father's heart of love. Let's play that video. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being for you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. 
delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, almighty God. Beautiful, just wonderful to see God in flesh and blood, Jesus Emmanuel, who came to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wouldn't it be wonderful if people would look at you and say the same? You've seen me, you've seen God at work in me, you've seen God at work in my life. Today is all about the Father's heart of God. And we're going to return to those scriptures later and let God bless us and encourage us. I just want to tell you briefly a story of a friend of mine who was adopted and uh, had no idea of who she was and no idea who her parents were. A very determined lady, journalist background, so an investigator. She decided to find out who her parents were. She tracked down her mother to Australia And it turned out that her mother had been backpacking in the 60s, I presume, or the early 70s, and had had a number of flings with different people, and she was the result of one of those. And by an amazing happenstance, she found in Australia, she never went to Australia, this was all done through phone calls and online, she found the man who she believed to be her father. Her mother wanted nothing to do with her. 
She tracked down this man, and yes, he'd known her mother, and yes, at that time he'd known her mother, and he agreed to have a DNA test. He took the DNA test, and it turned out that he wasn't her father at all. Most of us live as though the only important question in our lives is, who am I? There is a more important question than that. Tony Fitzgerald, a Christian leader, said this, we need to know whose we are before we can learn who we are. If we know who we belong to, we can discover who we are. And if we don't know who we belong to, we spend a lifetime searching, just as my friend does. What matters is not what we've been saved from, but what we've been saved for. That's what matters in our lives. It's to know the Father and to make him known. That's why you are here. Because he says, I want to know you and I want you to make me known. The key issue of our lives is not actually salvation, but reconciliation. It's to have God living fully in us and through us. And for that, we have to be saved. If we're to be reconciled to God, we need to be reconciled to others. And both Malachi and in Luke, we hear the same message at the end of the Old Testament, at the beginning of the New, that the time when the Lord comes, God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. I just want to say to you today, I believe God wants to do something unusual. There's nothing unusual in that But for him to come, the hearts of the fathers must be turned to the children. For him to inhabit your life and be full in you, for you to be full of God, he needs to do a work of reconciliation in each of us towards our earthly fathers, towards our children. Now I know I'm touching a nerve. That's all right, let the Lord do that. Let the Lord do that. He wants to do something today by his grace and by his mercy to reconnect your heart with your fathers, your mothers, your children. Let him do it because he is so tender. He is so tender. He won't burst things open. He'll only take and break what you give him. And there are small stale loaves here that can feed a multitude if you will just Give them to him. Blake, could you come forward, please? Blake recently had the amazing privilege of burying his father. I said that lightly, I've done the same. And, uh, and I had the privilege of being there and listening to you speak about your dad. We're going to honour our fathers. Blake, tell us a bit about your story there. Just what you sure. prepared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I lost my dad a few months ago. Um, but as I explained at his funeral, uh, our attitude was that my dad went from death to life. It's our inheritance is Christ, mm-hmm. and that is eternal life. That's reconciliation with our Father in heaven. 
And that, that is our great hope. Our great hope is Jesus, and that is our inheritance. And so my dad's gift to me was his faith. And so we read in Hebrews, faith is a substance, things hopeful. And it's the evidence of things that are not seen. And so for a lot of us, for a lot of people, we live with this thing about, oh, one day when we die, we all go to eternal life is the great gift you have now. This is your inheritance. Now you don't die to get an inheritance. Somebody else has to die for you to get that inheritance. Very good. And so that was the fulfillment of my dad's inheritance to me. When he passed on, that gave me a recognition of, of what he had believed in. Again, that's the Hebrews thing. Faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things unseen. And so my dad's life spoke to me the end of days when you have time to sum it all up and sit down and think about the things that have passed. You see patterns and, and evolutions and revolutions. And that's what my dad's life left me. When I had time to sit down and think about it, I saw his faith in God. And I saw my dad, be he was already living in his inheritance of eternal life. So when he died, he stepped from this present time into an abundant life in Christ, with Christ. And that was his dream. Towards the last few years, my dad, when he spoke, he spoke of just wanting to be with Jesus. And so that's, that's what he left. He left that inheritance that showed me what it's capable, what you are capable of now in this part of your eternal life. You don't die for eternal life. It's now in Jesus Christ. Sorry about that. And so in Romans in Romans five seventeen it says this For if by one man's offence death reigned by one sorry, by one much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You reign now. You reign in this life. It's like Andrew was saying just now. What you exude, what you show people, what people see in you, when it comes from your heart, when it comes out of your heart, is what they recognize as God in you. You walk in your eternal life now. You begin to walk in it. People begin to see it. And that change is not something you can physically manifest unless you have the spirit alive in you. You can be a nice person, but nice people rise and fall. But if your rock is Christ, then you don't fall because he's there holding you the whole time. He is what you believe and he is your foundation. And that is what people will ultimately see if you believe in your inheritance and if you believe in who you say you believe in. And that was what my dad left me as an inheritance because I could see it all through the times of his life. When things looked good, when things looked bad, it didn't matter because he always had Jesus. He always knew what his hope was and that's where he put his faith.
James, come up and tell us your story. Well, for for me, I've got to first say honour my dad because even though my dad's not here, he's back in Ipswich, and the fact that he's raised six children, four of them while being in a wheelchair, it's just the fact that God's hands upon him. I know that, but my relationship with God has just grown so much, and God's revealed Himself to me this year as being the true Father, because I. There's times in my life where I know I've really messed up. But yet, God has always been there to pick back up, dust me off, and say, Come on, son, I've got you. I've got you in this. Because I've had moments in my life where I've been that son that's been lost out in the wilderness, and God's come running out to the field and grabbed me and said, Come on, son, come home. So over this year, he's disciplined me, he's corrected me, but I've learned not to hate it, not to detest it, but grow in love with the discipline because God has shown me the true Father's love. It's like, I know I've formed you, I've made you who I want you to be, so accept this correction because it's making you a stronger person. It's now got me into a point where, yes, my, my biological father's raised me into the person who he's wanting me to be, but God is changing that into the person that he's called me to be to bring that back to my father, show my dad the true father's love. But just as Blake was saying, like God has reminded me one big thing, it's like, because I am God's son, God has sent his son into my heart. With a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. So I'm no longer a slave to the things of this world, but I am God's son. And since I am God's son, I'm also an heir to God's inheritance. Yeah. That's what we all are, sons and daughters of, of the father. We are all inheritance. We all own that inheritance. Very good. Very good. Very good. We hear the word honour quite a bit today. Exodus 20.12 says this, Honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I'll tell you a little bit about my own story my dad, um, my dad was a troubled man, and it wasn't a very happy childhood. But there were reasons why he was troubled. When he was a kid of 12, he fell out of a tree, landed on his head, and got epilepsy. Well, it could be comic, but it wasn't. And that cut short his education, and that meant he couldn't drive, and that put him on very strong medication, which my mum used to say to me when dad was angry, and he was angry a lot. She used to say, it's not him. It's a medication. It's not him. Don't think it's him. It's a medication. One of the first things the Lord said to me when I became a Christian at the age of 13 or 14 was, I need to forgive my dad. And I realized, you know, those things are choices rather than feelings. Forgiveness is a choice. It's writing off a debt. Okay? Your feelings may not change. The hurt is real. That's why you need to forgive. The wounds go deep. That's why you need to forgive. It's not making light of any of it. But it is a choice to forgive. Why? 
because God's been merciful to me. And it's conditional. Be merciful. Be merciful. If you want to receive mercy, be merciful. If you want to be reconciled with the Father and have the Father living in you abundantly, be reconciled with others. If you want to know the love of God poured into your life, give away the love of God to others. It's a flow. It doesn't stop with me or with you. It flows through. As a kid, uh, I, had, I suffered from depression and was often troubled by thoughts of suicide. It was in the background a lot. I know there'll be one or two people here that can relate to that. What I believe the Lord showed me is the truth of what it says in Exodus. Honour your father and your mother that your life will be long. When I chose to forgive my father, that was the beginning of the change in that. That process of forgiveness, the, you know, you make the choice and you stand in the choice, but things come to mind and you think, I need to let that one go. I need to let that one go. I've already chosen to forgive, but actually I need to let that one go. And I've learned that forgiveness is more than just the writing off of a debt and agreeing to differ. Forgiveness is actually saying, I forgive you and I love you. My heart is still for you. I still believe in you. I still trust you. And for that you need grace, and for that you need mercy. But there's no shortage of grace and mercy. There's abundant grace and mercy. This isn't making light of anything that might have happened. But it is making a way for the King of Kings to come into our lives because it's the reconciliation between the sons and the fathers that paves the way for the Lord. Only God can do that, but he calls us to it. The calling each of us has is a ministry of reconciliation. That's it. That's the gospel. The gospel is the father heart of God. That in Eden, when we hid ourselves away from him, in our shame, God came looking for us. And his question, which he knew the answer to, was, where are you? And in asking that question, it wasn't just to Adam and Eve. It was for the whole of humanity, for the whole of history. And what that question says is, wherever you hide in your shame, I'm coming to look for you. Not to punish you or rebuke you, but to bring you back. It's the story of the prodigal. The father's looking for the son. He's standing there looking for him when he was afar off. The father sees him, runs to him, hugs him, celebrates and completely restores him. This is, the, this is the gospel. To be reconciled with your father in heaven so that you can be an agent of reconciliation on this earth. Where does it start? With your own dad, with your own mum, who were human and let you down. Where does it start with your own children? Because you're human and you let them down. Where does it start with your pastors? Because we're human and we'll let you down. Don't mean to, but we will. Where does it start wherever you've been offended by anybody? The Lord says very clearly, when you bring your gift to the altar and we're about to receive from him, 
If you've got a problem with anybody else, don't talk to me who you can't see. Go sort it out with the one you can see. And I want to tell you something that God did for me. My memories of my father have changed. As I've not only forgiven him, but have sought to honour him. And that's important, that's a choice. I choose to honour my father. Warm memories come back of tender things that he did when I was a kid. I remember he'd come home and I would go to bed as a small boy and sometimes I'd reach my hand under my pillow and there would be this little yellow matchbox car box, you know the ones? Which he bought for me and put under my pillow for me. Wonderful. So the Lord has changed my memories of my father. And if we hold things against our fathers, let me tell you, you hold it against yourself because you are your mother and father. They are my past. They are my present. They are my future. Now, I'm more than that because I'm born again. But I am my mother and father. If I dishonor them, who pays the price? Exodus 20 says clearly, honor that your life may be long. And as I've learned that and walked it out, because these things need to be walked out, so God has changed my heart, not only towards my father, but actually towards myself. So let God do a work of reconciliation in you today if he needs to do it. If there are things, grievances you have, and I'm not making light of any of them, then this is the time today as you take communion to lay that down, to forgive and to love. How do we love? We choose to honor, whether they're alive or dead. Let's just choose to honor and be reconciled with our fathers. Amen. Now we're family again. It's good to see you guys. Found a good time. We're going to break bread together as family. But reflecting again in this moment and what we've heard and what God has said. About 2,000 years ago, in a room which was upstairs, Jesus broke into every reason and every excuse and every reality that kept people apart. Jesus broke into every issue. He broke into every hate. He broke into every guilt and shame. Because it says that on the night that he was going to be betrayed, he took bread. And it says about Jesus that he'd longed to bring, come to this point where he was going to face every issue and break them. It says he took the bread and he broke it, said, this, this is my body given. His given breaks division. And we need to receive the reality of that afresh, maybe for some of us this morning. A, Jesus forgives you. He forgives you. He forgives you. And what he's forgiven, he's forgotten. 
Jesus loves you. And when we kind of recognize that in a fresh way and we break bread in the moment, I believe in that communion time, in that breaking bread time, there might be people that we just need to say, I forgive you. I forgive you. The video at the beginning uh, earlier, I'm going to read out actually what was written. It was, we didn't know this, um, but he had this video. I had the words on here. It's like, oh, that's interesting. God must be arranging something. And uh, just let the words resonate as we just prepare to break bread together and share the cup together. Because at the same evening, the same moment, when everything that wants to keep us apart and separate and isolated and lonely and all of that stuff, Jesus broke that by saying this, and this is the blood of my new covenant. So whatever age we are, and however well we know God or not, come to Christ in these next few moments. Come to Jesus in these next few moments. And let him reconcile you back to himself, if that's what you need. Because that will then massively, totally help you get reconciled with anybody else that you need to. So I'm just going to pray. I'm going to get the band to come up. Father, I want to thank you for your broken body, the bread that you gave, breaking and opening up access to you and to one another in a new way. I thank you for the blood which you gave, which speaks on our behalf, restoration and reconciliation. I thank you that our lives in Christ of one body, I thank you in this next few moments, Holy Spirit, come and reveal your Father's heart to us afresh. Because we want to be captured by it afresh. So that we live out of that. Not just today, but from this day. Let's just stand, shall we? I'm just going to read these 50 scriptures that we've already heard because I believe God wants to reinforce them in our hearts. And when you're ready, just come forward and break bread and receive a a physical token that God has broken down every wall of division, every argument. He's broken down every faction. He's broken down everything that wants to make us think it's us and them. No, we are all one in Christ. There's no us and them. There's no young or old or male or female or Jew. We are just one in Christ. You may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all of your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being, for you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. 
You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day that you were born. I've been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I'm not distant and angry, but I'm a complete expression of love. And it's my desire to lavish my love on you. Simply because you're my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your father ever could. For I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am the provider and I meet all of your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore. And I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you. For you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all of my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. I delight in me and I will give you the desires of your own heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I'm able to do far more than you could possibly imagine. When you're broken hearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. And I will take all the pain that you have suffered on this earth. I am your father and I love you. Even as I love my son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you and I am not against you. And to tell you that I'm not counting your sins, Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus you receive me and nothing will ever separate you from my love again come home and I'll throw the biggest party my question is will you be my child I'm waiting for you with love your father almighty God Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.